Uh, welcome <laughs> to episode six. We're your hosts, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, no. Why would you pick them? Because, I mean, think of the cars that they drove. I don't want to be an outlaw, though. I want to I want to drive a roadster. I don't want to end like that. Yeah, but you can, they're probably it. And I want a gun. But you can have all of those without being an outlaw. Why? What's the point? Do you know how their story This ended? is called Off the Fence. Let's get off the fence. Hey, do you know how their story hey, ended no, historically? No, it, it's not important. Why don't you Google that today? Well, I mean, they romantically embraced each other and died together. Hey, welcome to episode six. Um, as we've been doing, we're going to start off with getting off the fence on some coffee. Yeah. How I about thought that? you were going to say start over, but that's no, no, we can, uh, we can go for it. So, so here's, here's today's gig, uh, uh, for those coffee lovers, which I am one. How many cups of coffee have you already? I had? have had many already today. <laughs> uh, so here's the deal. Catherine, Yes. There are three cups of coffee in front of you, yes. <clears throat> as for me as well. Uh, we are going to decide of these three. Now, okay, some people are going to be haters right off the bat. Like, well, you didn't choose. Okay, you didn't get coffee, blah, blah. We got three, and that's the deal, and that's how this works. Okay. Also, uh, we're going to taste the best. If someone is offended by it, then uh, they're free to brew us a fresh cup of coffee and bring it in whenever they want. Right. Okay, that's all right. Great. So let's do this. Okay. You, I don't know if they're even lined up exactly the same, but you're going to take a sip of one. That's good. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. There's depth in it. I've been mm. watching the Food Network. Mm. I know how to explain. Do you, do you do it like with wine? Yeah. I mean, I guess no? you can. I don't know why you would, but that's okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. I'm going to go with the second one. Oh, um, Ooh. I'm going to guess this is garbage. That's, I know that might be offensive to someone. Whatever, whatever this is, that, that is a definite, that was not a friend. That is a definite, well, maybe not garbage. Garbage is too strong. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to re, I'm going to retract right. garbage. Cause I actually, I still will. They're all winners I, somehow because they're all open. Oh, so participation award. They're meeting some friends right where okay. they are. Okay. Okay. That's smoother. Smoother than man, that that middle one like bit me in the face. That's all right. Weird. All right. So is this is smoother. Yeah. All right. So I can reveal uh thanks to uh Tina. Oh yeah. Who organized all this. And sat in the drive through like a very kind and Here. patient father. First I'm gonna okay, my least favorite, Starbucks. Four look S. There's an S on the bottom. I did not know that. But I'm now going to speak very openly and honest and off the fence. This is garbage it's coffee. Maybe it's not though. No. It's, if, I like Starbucks. I just didn't like that. But but look, you just just right now, just right now, you we just tasted all three. Right. I and would you, order that. Right. Starbucks. But, but where do you order something else? <sighs> it's all the same. That's not true. But I but I I do like what's this one? This was my favorite. That was your favorite. Dixon. Not shocking. Oh, my favorite was Dixon as well. Cheers. See, it just cheers. Yes, this They're, good coffee. Yeah, but Starbucks is good coffee too. It's contextual. Mm. Dixon coffee. Because I often get taste like, as blind taste. We did not know. It's be no, I know. I'm just saying, it doesn't mean it's garbage. 
This you this work there. The only reason I'm gonna drink this is because I want the caffeine from it. The flavor a of lot it. Of incredible things there. I. I'm gonna finish this actually. You're gonna finish the Dixon one, right? Right. Yeah. And the Starbucks one, you're gonna be fine. You won't even be emotionally inf- affected. No, but I love people but that if, work there, so I'm going to continue. I don't think this is a reflection of those who work no, there. No, I know. I'm just an equal opportunity coffee person. But the Dixon one was my favorite. Equal opportunity? Yeah, I'll go to every coffee shop. If you sell coffee, I will visit you at some point. Well, what's fascinating is my guess is, and I've not compared prices, but I would not be shocked if, by the way, everyone should know what we're actually tasting. I believe there are Americanos. Ooh, with a little all, cream. All of them, Americanos, with just a dab of splash mm-hmm. of Which cream. is how we like it. Although you like your yeah. coffee hot, and I like mine iced. Yeah. Because my internal temperature is... But let it be known to the world, Starbucks coffee is garbage. We will agree to disagree. But <sighs> Dixon was my favorite. And Black Hills Blends was a close second. And then Starbucks, I would say... Is like the adorable turtle all the way in the back of the race. So let's do this. Garbage. Good. Oh, why would you do that? Because I want some coffee. Oh, bless. See if this is actually. That made it a little bit better. Because. You know, that's. That's what Jesus does to you. You bring Jesus into your life. You can redeem the mistakes of your life. You know that, right? I love you so much. I just want you to know that. This is good. So if you're if you're on the fence about coffee, where to get coffee, where to go, and all that, there are. By the way, there are other local places in town that we love. Uh, mm-hmm. Fountain Springs Church uh, gets coffee from Pure Bean, and mm-hmm. and there's Essence, Essence, and there's Dunn Brothers, Dunn and Brothers. there's Hooters. <gasps> Scooters. I thought you said Hooters, and I was like, we don't have a Hooters, and I definitely don't think people go get coffee. Scooters. Scooters? Well, I thought you said Hooters. Don't say it again. That has no (laughs) relevance to what was on my mind at all. Okay. (laughs) Let's keep naming coffee places. So Black Hills Blends, when we we do a four-mile loop around our neighborhood, and halfway through the loop is a Black Hills Blends. We love that place. So what about, um, what's the new place? Remember the Coyote Coffee. Or I haven't something. been there yet. I have. It was it was really good. Okay. Nice ambiance. Who are the other coffee shops? Well, I go to Pure Bean and Essence a lot. Yeah. Uh, Starbucks, Alex Johnson. Mm. You just you lost me. It's <laughs> that's where you lost me. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are more. I don't know why I'm not. All right. Well, one. off the fence. Miner's Cup in Custer is really good. All right. If anybody wants stop to going. To Starbucks. And I think what we all know, if we're willing to be honest, but it depends if a person's willing to be honest. The local coffee companies mm-hmm. are always going to be the better coffee companies. Agreed. Starbucks is always going to be garbage. Ironic. You know, we didn't test McDonald's either. Topic that we're going to talk about. You know, I would say McDonald's coffee, when we when we first got married and there was a stretch, a whole week where all of the lights in the town that we lived in were out because the Transformers, there was an ice storm. We, at the end of that week, do you remember where we went for coffee? Babe, all I remember is ever Stop. being with you, looking in your eyes. We went to Burger King the, the morning that every 
thing turned back on. It was a Saturday morning. I'll never forget because it was a, two, a Monday night that the lights went out. And st- Saturday morning, the lights came back on. And the first place we went was to Burger King and we got their coffee. And I nearly had a seizure because it was so much caffeine and we hadn't had coffee for a full week. I'll never forget that. Well, uh, are you going to drink that coffee, by the way? I just want to make, if you don't, that's not waste it. If it's I, Starbucks, you can have that. No, I, I'm going to. If we need to I'm kill some weeds, on, I bet that kills weeds. Babe, I'm going to focus on this coffee. If you would like to have it, you may. Otherwise, I'll drink it later. All right. Well, I'm glad that, because sometimes things don't pan out in life as, as like truth doesn't always get made known. I believe that this blind taste testing has revealed the truth of what's really going on in our world and what's partially what's wrong with it. One of the things that's that's wrong with it is that the line at Starbucks is is too long and and the line at Dixon is too short. Boom. Solved. Right? Anyways, uh so guess guess who our guest is today? Who? You. <gasps> Ironically, we're speaking about neighboring, David. Mm-hmm. I'm a I am a loving neighbor by telling my neighbors where to get coffee and where not to. I'll give you that. Anyways, so uh, today what we want to talk about, I think, I think is what culture is actually talking about, but in the wrong ways and all jacked up, and we've all got our own opinions. So we wanted to sift through this. Uh, want to talk about topic neighboring? Yes. Uh, somewhat literally. Yes. But also a bit maybe metaphorically or or a way of like okay not just literally next door but we sure. do want to include next door sure but what is the idea uh, look like of uh, this idea I want to care about people yes I want to be a good neighbor yes uh, I want to talk about what that looks like mm-hmm. actually I want to ask you questions because I think you are brilliant at this you're so by the kind way. Um, you are one of the best neighboring people mm-hmm. that I know. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's true. It's easy to say. So I want to interview you, sweetie. Okay. okay. So let's uh, let's let's start talking about this. So when when I say neighboring, mm-hmm. be a good neighbor, mm-hmm. because you're good at it. I I'm curious what immediately goes into your brain right now when being a good neighbor. Boom. Tell me what's first on your mind. Uh. Well. Ah, Just say it. Ah. Um. Jesus. Okay. Because I go immediately to the passage in scripture in Matthew where somebody says, what are we supposed to do? Okay. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So when you're- Because as I grew up, I just remember that that was the first time I think I even remember using that word neighbor. I grew up in the country- Dirt road, closest neighbor, you know, is about a quarter mile down the road. And then their driveway is another quarter mile. So neighbor neighbor was different. It just meant something different to me yeah. because everybody in that area was my neighbor because we didn't have somebody right next door. Uh-huh. And so that, but I remember distinctly Jesus's words being really one of the first times that I remember considering even neighbor because again, it just meant something different to me. My context was different. Then maybe yours living in town, having somebody right next door. So when I say neighboring, you're plugging it into like a, like a dual approach, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, for sure. I love it. Yeah. So uh, where are we getting it wrong? I feel like we should go there. Like, oh, oh, oh that's where are we on the fence about this? Like, so if I say, if someone would say, you know, I love people. I yeah. love, I love people. Yeah. Uh, where where are we saying that we love people, but we aren't really loving people? So that's a really good question because I think 
I think that one of the things that I know, I was I was looking up some stats because part of my job is to help connect people with who Jesus is so that they can go show him to people locally and globally. And that starts with our neighbors. It has to. So understanding um, the, just the stats of where we are, I always like to start. And when you say neighbors, I'm hearing, because I know you're saying literally. I'm no? saying literally, I'm saying understanding who our neighbors are. So the first time I was telling you this this morning, because it's fascinating to me, in Leviticus, we we read, love your neighbor. Leviticus 19:18. Boom. Look it up. 19:18. So when Jesus Jesus is actually circling back when he's talking to Matthew, love your neighbors yourself, they would have contextualized that as my neighbor fellow Israelites, but also people who are living here who are not from here. If you really want to nerd out, the good Samaritan, Jesus expands that to literally anyone you encounter is your neighbor. But I do think it has to start with where you are because I know a lot of times we've talked about how we as believers, um, we want to go all over the world and love people, but we may not even know our neighbor's name. We're talking about winning our region for Christ and and winning the world for Christ, but we don't even know who lives next door. In mm. fact, one in six people report that they don't even know a neighbor's name, a neighbor's name. Like a? A neighbor's name. Not all yeah. of them. I, I know <clears throat> our neighbor's names. You do? I do. You do. <laughs> and so That's good for someone who's a borderline introvert. I just I'm just pointing that out. Borderline. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm technically we learned in counseling. Yes. I'm extroverted. You're you're an extroverted introvert or an introvert extrovert. Yeah. <clears throat> I think all of us I are don't both. fit all the titles and the <laughs> classifications and the to boxes. Make new ones for you. Uh but I think one of the most important things, and, and I have said this, if you know me, this is a conversation that we've probably had where I say, uh, no matter what you're doing, you've got to pay attention to who's around you yeah. and be intentional about paying attention who's a, who's around you. And I firmly believe, and this is just a conviction that the Lord has given me, but I, I think that we all have this same charge is to be mindful of who's around you. It's not just picking up after your dogs and cleaning your grass clippings and not having trash all over your yard or your apartment or whatever. It's, it's, it's some of those tangible, practical things, but it's, it's bigger than that. It's Mm. being intentional. It's creating space for conversations and letting people know that you see them and you also want to be seen. It's stirring those relationships. It's far more than just yet not having your music up too loud. I think of it in terms of a hill, like, uh, I grew up playing King of the Hill. Did you guys ever do that? I do not know what that is. Oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> so especially during snowstorms, but we also would do it if we found a dirt pile, like at a softball field or something. Okay. Basically, uh, someone tries to get to the top of the hill, and then that person tries to keep everyone off the top of the hill while everyone else is trying to remove that person from the I top of the hill. Never played that oh, it's brutal. Game. It's awesome. I never would have played that game. Well, what I, I actually think that emotionally, uh, we're all doing that, especially not just as kids, but as adults. Um, and, and we, we you call it, take your hill, you know, you can be like be king of your hill, be queen of your hill. Be, But my mind goes to, it becomes a self-absorbed approach to life mm-hmm. because then everything is about your hill, even to the point of, we might be nice occasionally and support people occasionally, but it's almost in essence to beautify our own hill sure. or or to build our own resume. Sure. 
um, to make us look like we're not near as mean as what we actually look like the rest of the year kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, so tell me about this, because I think, I think this is one of the quandaries. At least, we, you know, we live up north. Uh, so I'm going to be a good neighbor. I'm going to love people. I know I'm supposed to. Most people that I know do not refuse the idea that we should be loving to other people. I think where we get on the fence, though, with it is when it feels like we're enabling bad behavior or we are doing it either where it doesn't... We evaluate the efficacy, the efficiency, the, the viability... That we look at the stats and and look at all the details and say sure. this needs to look good and be sustainable for me to help you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jesus is telling us stories of uh, there was a guy that got robbed mm-hmm. and a bunch of people passed by, and then you got this dude mm-hmm. who doesn't pass by, yeah. puts him up in a hotel for as long as he needs to be in the hotel. Which you could say, well, he's kind of why was he on path? Should he, he shouldn't right. have been on the path? Right. People get robbed on that path right. all the time. We don't know his history. We don't know his story. Right. We don't know so where he was. I would love to know your thoughts because you love people well and you you drive this for us as a family, as a church, as a community. What about talk about enabling behavior? Sure. Talk about toxic. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think that's where a lot of us get hung up on going, we don't know how to help because we're concerned that we're going to enable or create more of a problem or I'll ask that. So I got yeah. another question. Well, I think up there, there, it's, there are, it's complex. There are a lot of complexities when you, when you talk about that, because it, and I think they're shared between people I don't know who I'm afraid I will enable, or I have preconceived notions about how they got into that position. Uh, but also neighbor next door, because it takes initiative. All of it takes initiative. And we often don't like to be the ones who go first. That's a hard, I think, pill to swallow for a lot of people is to be the initiator of something, mm-hmm. to be the one that goes first. Um, that's why I I believe that Jesus so clearly articulates that the first thing that we have to do, the first, is to love the Lord with everything we have. Because the more that we are connecting ourselves to the Lord, anchoring ourselves in Him, one, the less we worry about um, going first and initiating and having to having to do it first. Because sometimes we would just like it if someone would come to us first, you know. Uh, but second, I think I think our well, heart- hold on. You just brought up like basic concept of counseling. Yeah. <laughs> because, well, I'm what, <clears throat> seriously, like, so um, a couple comes in for counseling. Mm-hmm. Let me let me break the the whole secret that goes on in counseling. A counselor uh, actually in that moment wants to meet with with the individuals mm-hmm. to know where's the where's the in the person's individual trauma or issue what's yep. going on there because it's not just getting two people to like cohabitate and function together that there is a breakdown individually typically sure. that needs to yes. be addressed and if you address that so you're t- how i hear that is uh if our relationship with god is solid and healthy it, it, like that the classic and moving yeah yeah like, our our, yeah. our vertical relationship with god if that's healthy you're saying as a byproduct of that um, it makes neighboring, I don't know if easier is the word, but but more on your radar. I, I think so because it it enhances our understanding of what, what matters, who matters. Um, but I also think it takes away some of the chains, the, the baggage that we carry around about trying to find our worth and our purpose because we're anchored in the one who has not only given it to us, but consistently proves it. And so that I, I don't think it's, 
obviously an accident that that we are to love the Lord first. And again, the more we lean into that, I think even even um, the more uh, hopeful we are, the more um, we just don't get as critical maybe. I think it takes away some of the stuff that in our humanness starts to get in the way of us seeing people the way that the Lord sees people. And so mm. when we're talking about somebody at Cornerstone or somebody at the Hope Center or somebody just on the street who is- If you don't know what Cornerstone is, it's a rescue mission. Cornerstone Rescue Mission. Hope Center is a place, is a, is essentially a, a day space for people uh, who don't have anywhere else to go. They're unhoused, but it's far, it's so much more than that. But um, these places that are meeting people where they're at, I think when we aren't connected to the Lord and remembering who he is and who we are and who everyone else is because of him, um, we can get really critical and and then start putting, um, well, I'll I'll help them when they dot, 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 or I would help them except they got themselves into this, yeah. that kind of stuff. It just really helped. And that's why not just, not just reading, love your neighbor as yourself, because that's a whole other thing. I don't think we consistently understand how to even really love ourselves and take care of ourselves again, which is why Jesus says, love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor. It's ordered on purpose. It is. It's, it's, it is. Um, and, and that our ability to care for others mm-hmm. is directly linked to our connection to God. Absolutely. It's the historical yeah. proof, yeah. whether I, I have friends who, who don't love church. Actually, that's being very nice. They hate church. <laughs> uh, and some of the questions I've been asked is like, like, Christians have jacked up the whole world. Uh, church has jacked up the whole world. And, and that's actually historically not accurate. Right. Uh, we know that the evidence of the first hospitals, the first rescue missions, the first even educational, like mm-hmm. like substantial institutions, the discovery and support of, of um, where how to get water and food to people who don't have it mm-hmm. is typically, not always, is typically led by someone or a group of people who are doing it in the name of God, yes. whether they're doing it perfectly yes. or not. So we know the evidence tells us, literally history tells us mm-hmm. that when people are connected, not perfectly, but they're connected to God, it does something to their very soul. Mm-hmm. So what that should tell us is this, that if we have no desire to help other people, if we even if it's a week where we just feel so self-absorbed, mm-hmm. that the off the fence part of that is, even in talking about loving your neighbor and someone might be listening, watching, going, I'm just not in the mood, I don't want to. Like, I, I don't like, they're loud, or, or, they're... Or, or you're coming up with all that. Well, I'm <laughs> right. not going to, or it's not worth it, or it's just about enabling behavior. It's just a blah, 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 blah. Then step one to get off that fence mm-hmm. is, so look at you and God and invest in getting to know God more. Mm-hmm. Cause he would tell you step one is not actually loving other people. Step one is loving him mm-hmm. then becomes a byproduct. So sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, talk, it's just you, leaning into him. <clears throat> but I think too, because there are the tangible things of food and shelter clothing. There's that kind of stuff that that we as believers have a responsibility and opportunity. It's a privilege to be able to do that. Um, there's also how we see people, how we handle other drivers, how we speak to our cashiers and the people at Starbucks when we're there in our coffee. I'm nice to them at Starbucks. No, I, well, I don't go I'm to Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I, drive, I drive you through Starbucks. It's all of it, all of it. Um, from from providing basic food and shelter needs without getting into the weeds of why why they're there or or just the way we speak to I was at the post office the other day and people are unkind and the the staff at the post office they're some of my best friends because I really love to go to the post office you know this about I, do, I like I do. to mail things yeah. um I think getting mail is magical and wonderful um 
the, the way we talk to people, it's all connected in the sense that it all requires relationship. So clothing and sheltering and helping unhoused people find shelter requires relationship. You can't just go make it happen and then leave. Being a good neighbor requires relationship. It requires knowing and being known, making time to do it. And you can't do that for everybody, but it is an outlook. It's a perspective. Uh, And I think that's the work of the Lord changing our heart to to know, one, that we can't do everything. We know all of our neighbors. We don't hang out with them all of the time, but we make sure that they know we're here and, and we care about them. So when there is a need or... Or even if we're having something and like dinner and we've got extra food, well, you know, whatever. Um, I think it's it's just the developing of the relationship. It's not like this click and we're all best friends. It's it's just a change in your outlook and the way you see people, the way you make time for people. Um, so, yeah, but I think that's what you're bringing up. I think you're bringing up the tension is sure. uh, that loving our neighbor is supposed to like we're like it doesn't just stop there. I'm, I'm just saying in our yeah. minds, yeah. we have a tendency to walk out, love your neighbor, but we're connecting things to it going, well, I love them. And so that means that we should have a good relationship right. or love my neighbor. Right. And that means that they should get out of their, their, their destitute rock bottom moment. They, they should get a job. They should, they should uh, have enough money to buy a coat. They should, they should yep. know where to get yep. food. They should get off the drugs. They should. And if I love you, then you should, if I love right. you, then you should, or if I love you, we should. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the tension to where it, there's a motivation behind there that I think a good doctor would say, we need to deal with the motivation of why you are loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, because why we're loving them, I think, keeps us from loving them sometimes. Yeah. I, I am uh, so results-oriented. <laughs> I know you know that. <laughs> so I battle where... If I see someone who has a need, my mind begins to process, well, if I meet your need, then are you going to stop needing? Like, and and so I be I begin to go through the quandary of am I in, am I in enabling a, a laziness? Sure. Um and and I and I just thinking about it now, I begin to I begin to like literally drive it on, am I doing this so that? Sure. Uh how do how do you <laughs> How do you get out of that? Um, again, I think it starts with I the posture that I see when I when I talk about it, like the visual I get is like walking around the world with your hands out instead of going like this. Yeah. Because I think it's just a, a mind shift of one, I'm I'm not I don't learn our neighbors' names. I don't learn the names of friends I meet at Fork Real Cafe or Cornerstone or the Hope Center. I don't befriend them and learn their names because I have this clipboard of things that I want to see out of their lives. It's because they're a person and I'm a person and the Bible tells me to see them and love yeah. them. And and that doesn't mean that I will be able to provide for every need. It's it it's so much more to do with our heart and our outlook personally as an individual. I would say anyone that follows Jesus, it would it would matter. I would always say figure out who your neighbors are. And just let them know that you see them. And that I think that's some of the most important thing is we want to mm. be seen. We want to be known. And we are designed to see and know others. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to fix all of your problems and I'm going to make sure that you do it in a healthy way. It's just meeting people right where they are and letting them know they're they're here. And that's, I think, the quandary that we have when we talk about um, any kind of any kind of um, mobilizing of efforts to have people be sheltered and housed and clothed and all of those things and fed. 
we it's we want this quick fix of we don't want to see you in pain, we don't want to see you struggle, but it's a long road. All of it is. It it's the long road of relationships. And I think sometimes that's why we don't even get into it because we go, I don't even have time to have a relationship with my neighbors. I don't even have time to live my life. Mm. And so we just don't even do it. And so, so much of it is just living open-handed where we take that step without all of the the lists of what we hope to see and want to see. It's just, hey, my name's Katie. And the holidays are a great time to do that too. That was actually, we moved in to our neighborhood years ago in February, the end of February. And so right around springtime, that's when I went around with the kids mm. and we brought everybody those presents because I thought, ooh, it's a holiday. So yeah. it's not some random like, hey, I, I strategically placed it in the sense that it it would hopefully make sense and it wouldn't totally weird them out. Um, but just starting somewhere and the holidays are great where bring over some candy canes or I don't know, like cookies or whatever. Um, but also, yeah, there's those two, there's the neighbor's that you live around. And then there's just every single person that you encounter ever. Because again, Jesus with the Good Samaritan, it was basically, even when you're on a road and you see some random stranger, it's literally anyone anywhere is your neighbor. So uh, how how do you get beyond um, the concern with enabling? Well... There are a couple of things that I do. One, I know that God sees them and has them. And I also know that I can't I can't fix anybody. If that's my motivation, <clears throat> then then I rely on the Holy Spirit's conviction for that's that. That's good. No, that's good. Yeah. Like that that no, that helps answer the question yeah. for me because yeah. am I giving in order to fix that person? Yeah. Or am I giving in order to love that person? Yeah. And I I, yeah. I and I gotta tell you, I have to jump over a giant wall of, of, cause I would love my love to fix. Well, and I, that's actually where we try that in marriage. Do believe, <laughs> right. Right. I do believe though, that, um, in our effort, in our hope, in our big love to try to fix, we actually end up creating more hurdles for people because we, we, they begin to rely on us for maybe food. Maybe we're going to start feeding them somewhere, Yeah. but then they're relying on us. So I think anchoring with organizations that are doing good work, Uh, We do that as a church. We do that as a family, locally and globally. Um, It's important to connect with people in places that will do it for the long haul, that are committed to serving people and meeting needs for the long haul, because that's where that comprehensive restoration and support comes. Because the need that you see is so much bigger and deeper, likely, just like all of us. We're all walking around and smiling and everything's okay, but we've all got hurts and stuff going on in our lives that we're working through. People in need are the very same way. And so remembering that it's not ours to fix, that I can't, we can't immediately just go pop something up to feed people or to clothe people and that's going to solve the problem. That may actually create more issues uh, for them because then what if we don't show up one day and they're like, hey, uh, well, I guess I'm just not going to eat. There's there's some layers to it that involve connecting with people in places that are in it for the long haul, that are committed like Cornerstone and Hope Center and Fork Rail Cafe and, and all of the others in town that are working to not just supply those immediate needs, but to walk out again the 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 deep restorative work that that can happen to help people be whole. That's why this is a gray healing. issue. It's like oh, that's yeah. it's why this is I think uh, like on the fence it. issue. Yeah, be- because it's gray because there's moments that you'll encounter someone 
right then and there in need. Mm -hmm. And you might say, well, then I need to show up at this corner every day for the rest of my life. But it's, it's, it's not that black and white. It's in that moment, we got to be careful about refusing, right? but also knowing what is a longer term Mm -hmm. um, way to love. And that's why I think if, for anyone listening, wherever community you live in, um, one of the greatest things you could do if, if you're new to the community, or maybe you're not new, maybe you've been there forever, like what do you do with this? Yeah. One, get to know your neighbors, your actual physical neighbors. Yes. Like get to know names and get involved in their lives, not in a crazy way, but like saying, hey, I'm so-and-so. If you ever have a need of any sort, mm-hmm. reach out. Here's my number. Yep. Um, that's a way to love. Yeah. But at the same time, set up an appointment Maybe with someone leading the rescue mission where you live. Right, right. And say, uh, so what are the needs going on in this area? What are the sustainable ways Mm -hmm. to support people who are in a um, rut Mm -hmm. of almost perpetual poor decision-making or or not doing what they need to do? Just crisis, yeah. Go to the organizations Mm -hmm. who have been in the trenches for a while and are pledged to be in those trenches mm-hmm. and talk to them about long-term solutions. Absolutely. and But in the moment, and we talk about this all the time as one person at a time, that what we can't do for everybody, we will do for one person. We can do for one person. And that's been something that we've talked about our whole marriage is um, even when we were the ones in need, <laughs> um, the Lord provided one person at a time and connected us to health and healing and uh, what we needed one person at a time. And I think too, that's part of it too, is recognize that we're part we're part of the story, but we're not the end all fix all because then we end up with the savior complex. And a lot of times, again, though, that brings us back to, are we nourishing our, our time with the Lord? Are we nourishing our relationship with the Lord? And that's why that's first, because if I ever start thinking that I alone can fix somebody's yeah. problem or situation, that should that should be a flag for me to to recognize and ask myself, am I going to the Lord for everything that I need or am I trying to get it out of this good work that I'm doing? Because again, we end up hurting that person more because we show them, oh, you just got to find somebody that'll take care of you instead of, no, you got to walk the the long, hard road of, of recovery and figuring out what you want and where you want to be and get some stability in yeah, the crisis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's why, as a church, we offer things like Celebrate Recovery, mm-hmm. which is a long-term throw, is a process yes. to help people get through the hurts and habits and hangups that they've got in their lives, because mm-hmm. we all pretty much have them. But uh, so there's long-term stuff, but then there's also like the, you know, literally, who are the people in my neighborhood? <laughs> there, in my neighborhood. There is. I will say, just as I mean, an aside, don't if, keep singing. If you see somebody. In need. So one of the things I regularly do is carry around Fork Real Cafe meal tokens. What's Fork Real Cafe? Fork Real Cafe is a community cafe who they they literally exist to create community among anybody and everybody that walks into their doors, people that can pay for their meal, people that cannot pay for their meal, because they, they're mobilizing and creating community for people that may not be able to pay for their lunch, yeah. but they need lunch and they need community. And so they're able to find ways to even serve and connect in order to essentially earn earn their earn their meal. And so there's some dignity involved and some community opportunities involved. So if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I need, you got a few bucks. Do you have any money? I, I, I need to eat. I'll instead give them a token and say, I would love for you to connect with my friend Rhonda at Fork Rail Cafe because I know that one, they'll get to eat. And yeah. that meal token is essentially a payment for a meal. Somebody has, we buy meal tokens and then we give them away. And that, that's 
basically a coupon to get a meal. Um, but it invites them into a community that's far bigger and more sustainable and connected to them. So it's more than just that meal. It's yeah. more than just that one meal. It's inviting them into this longer term. And I think I think the same way with the neighbors that live on our street. That we we had one that just recently moved away, and I she just texted me. We're we're still connected because it's the long road. It's not just this. Hey, I'm you know I won't turn my music up too loud, and huh. I won't have trash in the yard. It's it's so much more. It's I'm here for you. I see you. You matter. And like I'm loving people well is is more than just being courteous. Yes. Gotcha. And I think that that's hard because again, loving people well can take time. Yeah. Uh, you have to think about all of that. You have to let somebody in, which can be really hard to do. I think that's why that one in six number of people who do not know their neighbors, uh, the the numbers for people that live in apartments, it's even less because you're probably on different schedules and not seeing each other all the time. I think a lot of that is not because people don't want to. I think it's because people would say, well, I don't have the time or man, I don't, I don't maybe want to be known right now. I don't want people in my business. Yeah. I, I would maybe be even harsher. I, I think we're consumed with ourselves. Well, and I think in in a culture right now that's saying love yourself, mm-hmm. we're so obsessed with loving ourselves that um, we're not loving others all that well. Sure. And and I I think that we've got a culture now that says focus on yourself, be about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want? What do you feel? Yeah. Make it like literally our desires are dwell like dwell on your desires, make sure. them priority. I think the, the the problem with that has led us to being obsessed with ourselves mm-hmm. and we no longer see the people around us. That and and that that can be a huge part of it, which only creates more tension in all of it because then when we do need somebody or when we do see somebody on the street, it it complicates all of it. And so again, going back to love the Lord your God. That doesn't just mean, oh, I love you, Lord. That means I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. Putting what needs to be first, first. And it doesn't solve all of the problems, but it it changes our heart and our mind so that um, I think we're just able to lean into the world in a way that honors the Lord and honors our neighbors. I think that- Remembering what's first. I think that's spot on. I think it's good- If you don't know how to even get started in understanding who God is, finding people that can help you with that. And then- Figure out, learn one neighbor's name this week. There you go. Introduce there, yourself. There's your homework. Yeah. Learn a neighbor's name and ask a someone who's in the trenches regularly mm. what they think needs to be done yes. in the community, like yeah. at large. I know we did that a while ago. Like, yeah. hey, what are the top needs in the community? Let's go after one of those top three yes. needs. Yes. And just start being a part of the solution to that. Yes. Well, I got to tell you, um, of, of all the people that we've ever interviewed, you're my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I love you very much. I love you too. Thanks for teaching me how to love. Uh, uh, if you guys have questions about this topic, as always, um, you can text us mm-hmm. 605-250-1224. It's impressive that you remember 605-250-1224. Text us. Um, there will be a little bit of a spam filter there that you have to go through, but that's just to keep the crazies at bay. Huh? All right. Hey, thanks for listening. We love you very much. Bye, friends.